0: Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. Today's guest, John Carippo, is an incredibly innovative, passionate, and enthusiastic educator who just makes you happy being around him. He has served a decade teaching at the K through 8th grade level, opened a one-to-one PBL Google-based high school, served in two county offices, both as assistant superintendent and an IT director. John has been recognized as a county teacher of the year, a 20-to-watch educator by the NSBA, and was also a finalist in the EdTech Digest Awards. John also holds the Apple Distinguished Educator, Google Certified Innovator, and Microsoft Innovative Educator Badges. John currently serves as the Executive Director at Q in California. His work with Q includes creating the Q Rockstar concept of professional development. He has led the development of the very successful Q Launch Program and the well-received Q Bold Symposium. Under John's leadership, Q Professional Learning has trained over thirty thousand educators in only two years. I'm not even done. He has also written the books Edu Protocols Field Guide One and Two with co-author Marlena Hepburn, which are absolutely incredible. John, it is an incredible honor to have you on the podcast today. Welcome.
1: Thank you. So always, <laughs> it's always awkward to hear that list because <laughs> I'm like, oh my
0: gosh, oh. stop
1: it. Um, it sounds
0: so impressive so impressive
1: i tell people all the time that's just blood sweat and tears right there like i'm yeah i go to work every day i try to do my best and magical things happen See, how I do that. Nice,
0: I do. Yeah. I need to have the little chime every time you throw in the word magical. Oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> right, now, right. The
1: one thing is, I'm not currently the the executive director. I I switched up my role. I'm the chief learning officer right now.
0: Oh, And fancy. so,
1: yeah, so and that's really like that's my jam. Like it was fine. I I was really happy um, to be that role for Q for a couple of years. But I was I woke up one day and I was like, hey guys this is not actually my dream job. Let's talk. And so then we, we had interviews and now Pam Hernandez is that person. And we we have a really good time working together
0: that is amazing amazing well you know i had asked you to be on the podcast i don't know a couple months back and when i think about that how oh. much has changed <laughs> since i initially yeah. asked you to be on the podcast i was thinking at the beginning oh we'll talk about spring q and and what's happening and since then, I mean, everything has changed. I yeah. mean, SpringQ went from a, you know, a conference in Palm Springs to this amazing virtual conference. And I mean, you pulled that off in, I mean, a matter of days. I, I can't, I mean, I was on pins and needles because of course I was going to spring queue. I was super, super excited about it because it is just the most amazing conference and has such an amazing energy and vibe. And, um, and then I was just, you know, waiting to hear the news. Cause that was right at the time that everything was shifting and yeah. changing so fast. And we yeah. just didn't know, we didn't know what was happening. So well, you want to hear
1: the story? Do you want to hear the yes, uh, Okay. Yes. So, so, um, somewhere around January, as I started doing some math, I was like, this is me doing math. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) we are gonna hit right when this thing starts turning into a thing. So in the back of my mind, I just started kind of going, okay. And then this is the part I think you really like Tish, like, what's the essence of Q? Like, the essence is the people. So We love to be face to face for various reasons besides um, imbibing, but we can still be together. And then this could be a time to model how good we are at being together, right? Cause
0: right. as a
1: group, we're really, we flow, we are, we don't, we don't do presentations like this and you, uh, your viewers won't get the video, but like, my name is John Carripo. I will teach you things do you have the notes printed, right? Like that that's not our jam. Like we're making fun no. of each other and we're, I, I dropped into a couple sessions and they had like music going and they had a startup quizzes like <laughs> pre-show and they were all jamming. So right that, that was feeling really good to me. And I'll get farther into the technical piece in a few minutes. But then uh, Q has a thing called the ComCom, which is the communications committee. And we were talking and um, Bill Selleck said a thing. And I think you're friends with Bill. Um, Mm -hmm. Bill said a thing that really just, it was, it was a magical, like everything crystallized, like everything went, yes, this is what we're doing. And Bill said, coronavirus is a tragedy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What's going to happen is bad. But he goes, John, not having all of that learning that would have normally happened at Spring Q, that's also a tragedy and we could prevent that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my god you like that just gave me it was like sword in the stone moment i was like yes this is really a thing right like so we're right so um uh when by the time that uh, pam said okay this has got to be a thing i had already been playing it off in my head for three weeks like how could this work this would be this and this would be this and this would be this and it's so fu- it's so fun to do paradigm shift with people because
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you tell them things like this ready so in the q event app now your room is your zoom and you used to click and it would open a map but now it's going to open an app and everyone's like <laughs> whoa, that's so easy so all we did on the on the, the q event app was we switched rooms like those rooms in palm springs we all know are like um Catalina and Madeira, Smoke mm-hmm. Tree—all those names. Now yeah. they just became click here to see the Zoom. And then, what's cool is we did a partnership with State Parks because here's another thing. Here's for more fun backstory: is how easy is it? Do you think to get 30 Zoom accounts right
0: now? Yeah,
1: not super easy, yeah. right? No. So we've been working with the California State Parks. Shout out to Brad Cray, and they happen to have 35 Zoom accounts. Sitting that they use for their online field trips. Wow! And so they said, "Yeah, we can we can give you guys ten or twelve of those to use." So then I said, "Okay, so that's cool." So then we went through, and this is if you saw the tweet uh, or the I I I did a top ten safety tips on Zoom infographic. I didn't make it, but I shared it.
0: I I I saw it. I showed. I shared it with my district. Yeah, it's amazing. Five
1: thousand shares, not five thousand views shares so shout out to danny silva he went through and did all the back end stuff and he that's why i feel so confident he's like okay we're gonna have a password and only the host will be able to use it and then once they they become the host nobody else can share and so we went through all that and i was like okay that's totally cool and then so now we have a concept people can go into our app and when they click on the session it doesn't take them to a room. It takes them to a zoom. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, the next big lift was um, getting all of our speakers trained. And that was really fun. Actually. I basically sat down and I just, I I went into my quiet place. I know there's people that don't believe I have one, but I went to my (laughs) my quiet place and I was like, okay, if I was going to be doing this, if I was talking to me, what things would I want to know? So Uh try to make that as very clear as possible, even though some of it was being developed at the time, right? So some Uh of it was not final, but basically things like, um, I don't think people want you to talk to them for 60 minutes. I think they want Uh to interact. So we worked with Nearpod and then Pear Deck, and they both gave us um, full professional level um, resources. And um, and we showed them, like, start with a quiz, start with a, mm-hmm. an activity, check the room out, have them draw their pet, you know, do some of those cool things. And so then that piece came together really nicely. And then we normally have about 100 people, 100, 100 to 120 that volunteer to be Q volunteers. And they're the people that stand outside their rooms. And they're like the ask me person, like, where do I get a map? Right here. And what time's the session? Right there. And where's the keynote? Over there. Well, those people were feeling left out. And I was like, I got a plan for you guys. Yeah. So we had another little training session for them. Um, and they became co-hosts of the Zoom rooms.
0: Which is brilliant. And, yes.
1: But well, I don't want to call it brilliant. It just made sense. It was like, <laughs> it I've got speakers that have been nervous. I got volunteers yeah. that want to play along. So... That one was actually, I had to keep my team from being like super technical on that because they wanted to do like 75 things. And I was like, no, we're going to have a list of names and we're going to send that to the presenters. And if you want one of them, call them yourself. We're not adults. They're professionals. We're not going to police that. We're not going to be matchmakers. Here's 30 people that want to help you. If you want help, ping them. They're going to be so happy. And then a few of the speakers were like, can I pick my own person? And we're like, you're adults. Yeah. Go, go for, it. go for it. So now we had like good sessions and how to do sessions and then backup support. And then the next wave of questions came in, which is like this, how are we going to do sticker swap? And I was like the same mm-hmm. way we always were. And so I have a sticker here and I was like, people are going to hold their sticker up and they're going to say, this is my sticker. And I'm going to tell you about how I made it and what the backstory is and and then we recorded that. And then that's how Meet the Podcasters went and Meet the Authors. I think you were in Meet the Authors, which was a, a super fun session where everybody basically, it was show and tell and everybody loves show and tell. And then we recorded them. And then um, we had, we normally stream our keynotes to the Facebook side. So we were like, yeah, we're going to keep doing that. We're going to let the whole world go to the keynotes. Um, yeah. One of the Saturday night uh, keynotes I haven't looked up all the stats, but I know that one of the Saturday night keynotes has 65,000 views on Facebook.
0: That's amazing. Holy right? cow.
1: And we normally only really have 5,000 people there. So yeah. that was cool. And then we had um, – what else was another good stat? We had something like 137,000 session views in the app. So in the Q app, wow, 137,000 people went at times – People went to sessions, right? Well, there was only four thousand five hundred people signed up,
0: so wow. that means
1: on average they were looking at thirty sessions, and of course some a lot less, and others a weirdly amount more, right?
0: Right, right.
1: So we, it was just really, really cool. It was, it was, it was really fun. Um, there were stressful moments where we had. Sure. Um, We had people texting us like, and it was funny because I'm getting Voxes, I'm getting Twitter DMs, I'm getting Facebook. I can't get into my session. I'm like, what makes you think I'm looking at my Twitter DMs right now with four minutes to go? What makes you think that was a good idea? I think almost 100% went off without a hitch. And then uh, we had one kind of, there was a person that was frustrated because the session didn't happen. And three minutes later, I got an email from that speaker, and they were like, bro, I totally forgot it was Thursday. So <laughs> we rescheduled that virtual session for later in the week, and yeah. the person that missed it got another chance. So there was a lot of cool stuff about virtual.
0: It, it's incredible. I mean, I think about you modeled really some great learning on how, how we can just adapt in this crazy changing world that we're in. I mean, it was... The same week, let's see, I think it was the week before Spring Q was going to happen in Palm Springs that our district decided, you know, we were done, we were going to do an extended spring break. So we had a week uh, where we just kind of shared out extended learning resources, and then we had spring break, and we have just been back, you know, virtually at school. Uh, This is our, our second week. But I mean, our whole nation has been just reeling, trying to figure out, okay, how do we do this thing called virtual learning? And here you are modeling how to do it. You know, I yeah. I facilitated one of the Zoom sessions and that was super helpful for me because right. every single day in my district, I am facilitating a You're Zoom session. You're doing those things every day
1: now, right? You're like, I okay, am. don't talk too much. You don't need an hour. You only need 45 minutes. Tell them what right. you want to tell them. Shut it down. And Give co- us some homework.
0: <laughs> exactly. And get a co-moderator to help you. I mean, yeah. The chat. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And, and people don't think of that. They're like, I got to do this myself. I'm the teacher. And you're like, no, you could have two friends co-modding and one could be just watching the links and one could be just listening for technical support and, and you can collaborate. Probably my favorite thing that I think that people aren't doing right now is if you're not team teaching right now, You're crazy. Seriously. Make it Nearpod and put both classes in it. Done, right? Seriously, yeah. Or say, I'm going to be teaching reading today. Tish has it tomorrow. I'm going to be taking the day off. You could totally do that now more than ever.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's really so exciting. I I tell uh, people, you know, that I talk to often, I I say, you know, this is – i've always wanted for my role as a tech integration specialist just under the most bumming of circumstances you know it's like i don't i don't
1: ask i didn't ask for this situation right yeah but i got my mr rogers sweater on real tight right now like when things are tough there are people that help and i haven't said this on social media because i don't want people to get all weird about it but teachers are first responders yeah We're just first social emotional responders. We're first um, everything's going to be okay responders to millions and millions of kids. And it's different. It's not the same as risking your life by me and a medical professional. It is not. And it's not the same as going into a burning building, which may now also be full of COVID-19, right?
0: Right, right.
1: But in terms of um, for those teachers that are taking care of kids while mom and dad might have to be working in another room, um, we we educators are first responders. It's just not exactly the same, if that makes sense.
0: No, it totally makes sense. And I think that that is what um, I have found just as I have – as I've entered this virtual world in our school district is that I just love to be able to support teachers where they're at, and everybody is at a totally different place. You know, we have some teachers that are are really excited about the opportunities to try some things new. We have some teachers who are incredibly, incredibly overwhelmed because of their own life circumstances, mm-hmm. um, in addition to the fact that, you know, the technology piece is overwhelming. And so uh, just to be able to help people navigate and you know i i keep looking at the positive yep. in the situation and that wow this we are able to just like you said do things different
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we are able to reimagine what learning could look like and it's 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 scary right now it's stressful right now but it doesn't have to be scary though it, it doesn't it, 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 it doesn't.
1: needs to be, it needs to be stressful because it's different i get that but it doesn't have to be scary like and like I'll give you a couple of my my thoughts here. First of all is yeah. um This is a perfect time to say this year is over. Yeah. And I worry about teachers who feel like they can't say this year is over. Dude, this year is over. Mm-hmm. And I got I got more bad news. We may not be going back in September. Yeah. Like that. That is possible. Right. So This is one of my favorite revolutionary mindsets is well i got nothing to lose yeah we literally have nothing to lose right now so when i've been talking with teachers i've been saying things like what if you just focus on the four things or Mm -hmm. five like because that whole chapter 17 the mississippian era you're not going to get to that exactly you're not (laughs) going to get to that
0: polynomial
1: division you may not get to that yeah okay but if you think in a grander scale, it's possible that when we, and, I, and I'm going to go, that was kind of high schoolish, right? But I'm thinking yeah. K-8. What mm-hmm. if everybody in our school came back and they all knew their times tables? What does mm-hmm. that look like? That mm-hmm. is pretty freaking sweet, right? Uh, right? What if everybody came back and they could write a really good paragraph and they mm-hmm. knew how to write dialogue? Uh, What if everybody was a better cyber citizen or digital citizen when we got back? Right. So think macro. Our teachers are thinking like micro. No, 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 no. No. And then also think, what about relationships? Because here's some other fun thoughts. Uh, Let's say you teach sixth grade. How do you get kids to do their work? Oh, you bench them if they don't work. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let that sit there. (laughs) What are you going to do now? Yeah. You ain't going to bench them. I guarantee nice. that. What if teachers been saying forever we need more time, right? Time, time, time. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to dances, you're not running leadership, you don't have any sports, you do have time. This mm-hmm. would be a perfect time for every teacher in America to get to their Apple Teacher certificate or their MIE or their Google Level 1. Like every teacher in America should be doing this right now. Every right. everyone. And yeah. And that's when we true. come back in the fall, you've literally reskinned the profession. Yeah. Like w- totally revised what what being a teacher is. Imagine coming back and every kid knows their times tables and geometry vocab. And that's not a hard task.
0: Right. It's that's, so true.
1: That's a very doable task. And 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 like I, I've told a couple of friends of mine, uh, if I was a TOSA right now, I would start up a Facebook live TV show.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: two or three days a week, I would crank that sucker up. I would send an email to all the kids in my district in fourth grade, and we would play district championship quizzes, math facts. I love it. (laughs) On Facebook. And all the kids in the top 10 would get a, I will email them a bathroom pass that they could send to their mom so they could go to the bathroom anytime they wanted during the whole day. (laughs) Uh, That would be so fun. It would be be say, Magical. And you could
0: have,
1: and you could have other kids that were the champions from the day before zooming in to talk to the Tosas. What's your technique? How do you do this so fast? You know, what's it, what's your inside track? You could create a learning community that has never been possible in a regular, figure quote regular classroom. So um, you could literally give out awards and say like, uh, choose Tinker or um, Scratch. Everybody can get yeah. seven levels in the next two weeks is going to get an A. Go get them. I so love it. So easy. So easy. So, so that's why I reject. That's why I reject. Um, so you said stressed out and scared. That's why I reject scared. Yeah. Should not yeah. be. No.
0: I'm right. okay
1: with it being stressful. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But like, Yeah. Mm, I, nah. And, and I, I had think. people say, oh, it's so cool what you did with Spring Q. And I go, dude, I'm a professional Spring Q guy. That's my job. I can't panic. My job is to to make this happen.
0: Right. No, I totally agree. I think when I mean scared, I think more of like what's happening in our world and and things that are happening with families and more of the personal side of it. I think that that sometimes can, uh, because everybody's facing kind of their own personal. um, Right, right. Situations right now, but I'm good I, with that I
1: kind totally of scared. Agree. I'm good with that. Yeah. Am I going to get the virus scared? Is my husband loses job scared? I get that. I'm talking about the professional yeah. side. The professional
0: totally, side. I totally agree, and they're. There is so many exciting and fun things that we can do. And you are seriously probably one of the most creative people that I have ever met. And so I just absolutely love, love the ideas that you come up with. And speaking of creative ideas, I think we need to talk a little bit about your books because they are absolutely phenomenal. Um, You have co-authored two books, Edge of Protocols, Field Guide, one. And right. then just recently.
1: Field Guide 2.
0: Field Guide 2. And guess what we're
1: working on that's almost like literally so, so close is the math edition. It's all, oh, you're kidding. all edge of protocols, all math, all the time. So math people cool. won't have to translate. How do I do this in math? Right? right? So it's built for math right out of the gate. So that's going to be really cool.
0: That is fantastic. So, for our listeners who may not have heard of Edu Protocols before, maybe just share a little bit about like the concept behind it. Maybe a little bit of the origin. Like, how did you how did you become an author of these two books?
1: Well, it's a it's a pretty simple story for most of it, which is that um, about three years in, I realized, and I was like the Harry Wong ro- robot prototype teacher i was my kids i i had my kids line up alphabetically because it was faster for me to correct it when the papers were already alphabetical like uh i didn't call your mom if you didn't do your homework you called your mom and turned yourself in and and i was going along and i'm doing like 15 or 1600 uh pieces of of homework a week not counting assignments like in my class i would usually have 30 or 40 grades a quarter per per subject and that's self-contained right and I, and I was going, dude, I can't do this. This is like stupid. I, I can't do this for 25 more years till I retire. I love working with the kids. I love the ed tech. I love teaching. I can't do the paperwork. And so to make a really long story short, um, I bumped into this idea of giving kids. This is probably the essence of it uh, for anybody that hasn't heard of it. So if you open a textbook, you're going to do this. A week of nouns followed by week of verbs followed by week of adjectives followed okay. by right, and so in my head I went, Oh my god, that's eight weeks. How many weeks in a quarter, Tish? Nine. Yeah, and like so. There's a, a a part of speech a week, and that means each kid gets how many weeks in each part of speech. And then I give them a whole big culminating test at week nine, and tell them that they're not good kids because they didn't remember it all. Yeah. So the the uh, the genesis of this was the eight parts protocol, which is all eight parts of speech every day, all eight mm-hmm. every day, same basic graphic organizer, but with hilarious pictures. So I want you to you or your listeners just think of the funniest meme or GIF you've ever seen. Uh And you put that up on your projector and they're working on paper. So it's not even high tech. And you go like, there's a picture of a pig. I need three Mm -hmm. nouns, three verbs, three adjectives. The kids crowdsource it. And then they write a paragraph. And we basically do that every day for about three or four weeks until, and this is the next key, everybody passes. That's awesome. Now, everybody may not get a perfect score, but my experience is most kids are above an 80 which means when they roll into the next class the next year, they have so many reps that they've actually mastered it. So take that and extrapolate it amongst a whole year. Now that one, basically that one graphic organizer got me from the first day of school till a little past Halloween. And I have a group of kids that can actually write a paragraph that actually like to laugh and and hang out with me every day. And they know all their parts of speech at nearly a hundred percent accuracy. Right. It's
0: incredible. Yeah. So
1: extrapolate that to all these other things. Another example right. of my favorite, uh, my other two favorite edge of protocols, there's about 30 altogether that we've officially identified. As you know, from Twitter, there's thousands in the wild that are, you know, right. un, not scientifically classified yet. Um, <laughs> but the other one I see is and I think this would be a good one for somebody who hasn't heard is I see uh, we we know this about teachers that they they work too hard, right? And then Mm -hmm. teachers even then said themselves, they blame admins. You just keep adding one more thing. And I'm like, nah, you got to take things off your own plate, bro. So watch this. The way that most teachers are going to teach vocab and trust me, I'm going with a cliche. So if any of your listeners are better than this, I'm not talking to them. I'm going with the the middle of the road cliche. Here's my Mm -hmm. vocab words. I'm going to write them on the board while you write them on your paper. Dude, I -hmm. I am not built for that. That is not (laughs) my jam. Okay, yeah. then then I have to give you the worksheets and you do your write your sentence with your vocab words routine or your crossword or your word search or your dot to dot, you know, whatever that activity is. And then it goes away for four to seven days as homework. Most don't work on it if you do. About 50% turn them in. 20% claim they lost it. 10% say they have a 504. Then I give them the test and amazingly enough, Tish, I get a bell curve. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: so then Kahoot comes out and what teachers do is they keep all of that and add Kahoot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the protocols approach is just throw all the junk away and start like, yeah. the- and this is the fast and curious, just give them the quiz. Right. If they're good guessers, they're gonna get about 30 or 40% right. Okay? Yeah. Then, you let quizzes score it and you immediately grade it. Immediately say, you guys are not so good on two, five, seven, and 11. Let me coach you up. And then you immediately give them the test again. And they routinely, in my work with adults, adult humans, um, they routinely go from 45 or 50% to 90% in one rep. Wow. They- now, what am I correcting tonight, Tish? Nothing, because every, guy, every kid in the class got five points for participation. Yeah. What's my lesson plan for tomorrow, Tish? Same thing, yeah. but better yeah. scores. Guess what it is Wednesday, Tish? Same thing, <laughs> but better scores. <laughs> and then right, when they right. come in on Thursday, I'm like, okay, it's game day. You only get one chance. This is the real score. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I give the kids five points for playing twice. Friday, it's the real score. And lo and behold, usually the lowest score is like 85%. So am I a super teacher? I don't think so. I think that's just a technique. By the way, what am I correcting? Nothing. What's my lesson plan for next week? Steal another quiz is rinse and repeat. So that's the fast and curious. And the key to that is test feedback, test again immediately, just twice a day. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen teachers use that technique with their timed math, and they have grown their class from 38 to 92% in three weeks.
0: Wow, with, that's incredible. Very
1: little, quote, lesson planning, right? They're giving that live feedback, but not lesson planning. And then literally the kids are doing a <laughs> drum roll and clapping and cheering for their final score. When does that happen? Exactly. I'm going to teach third, fourth, fifth grade math, and every kid can do multiplication, my end-of-the-year scores are going to look really different, right? So less work. And then my favorite one probably that I I accidentally cobbled together from about six things, there's a guy up in Oregon, Ian uh-huh. Bird. Ian Bird. Okay. At, at, at Ian Bird. I think that's what it is. Uh,
0: okay.
1: He made this thing called the random emoji generator. Guess what it does? Generates random emoji. <laughs>
0: Emojis, yeah.
1: So, Um, And I think he does something similar to this for his uh, students to generate ideas for essays. But I put a little couple little twists on it. And one of them is that, so I generate random emoji. Mm I put the kids in another tool called Socrative. Have you seen Socrative? Yes. Okay, so it's kind of like a Kahoot or Quizzes, but it has more open-ended stuff, right? Right. And so in there, there's actually a, a tool called Short Answer which would work great in your cooking class. Ready? What are the five main ingredients in cookies? Go. Okay. Everybody left out oil. That's going <laughs> to suck. That's going to be a short tortilla. Right? So, right? so basically the way a short answer goes is I push the button and they get an empty box and they could put anything they want in it. Okay. So here's how random emoji power paragraph goes. One emoji, one sentence, one emoji, next sentence, another emoji, Next sentence. When you get five emojis, you have how many paragraphs? One paragraph. So, five five sentences, one paragraph. And then, so, and so they they don't hit submit until they have their five. And the challenge is to hook them all together because the real proof of a paragraph is that it it pursues an idea. Because when you stop pursuing the idea, it's a new paragraph. So, the challenge for the kids is five. You got to hook them all together, though. And then this is my favorite part. I say to teachers if I had 30 kids in my class, how long does it take to get all the papers in my hand,
0: mm-hmm.
1: alphabetized, right? With a name on it. And they're like, oh, no, <laughs> don't even ask. That's <laughs> exactly. 20 minutes. I go, watch this. In Socrative, in the short answer, there's a button that says start vote. Ah. And when I hit start vote, everybody sees what they wrote on their device. Awesome. So A whole class is writing in one move. And I did this down in Del Mar. I had 90 kids in a class. How long is it going to take you to correct 90 paragraphs?
0: Two, yeah, too long. That's a couple hours. Yeah. I got
1: creative. I said, do this thing. They wrote their paragraphs. Now, this is what was amazing. You know, the no bear, the bear that puts his palm out and says, no, let's just say no.
0: Right, right.
1: All 90 kids are like doing the no bear. They're like, we're better than that, mister. Mister, we're better than that. That's not right. how we write. I haven't even seen it yet. I haven't even turned around and I'm like, what? Almost every kid's last paragraph, last sentence said, and they all died. <laughs> and they were like, no, we write, we're better than that. And I go, well, so what do you want to do about it? They go, we should do another. And I'm like.
0: That, <laughs> I love it.
1: that was the magic of them seeing what it looks like when they all write badly. When are you ever sure. going to see the paper? Sure. Never. Never gonna see that on paper. So the wrap-up to that is it's to re it's to re replace the good old hamburger paragraph.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going
1: to tell you about fact one, fact two, fact three, and blah blah blah. So I'm encouraging kids to be wildly creative. I'm seeing their writing immediately. I'm gonna mm-hmm. guarantee Tish I could get three to four paragraphs a day in a half an hour out of six graders with immediate wow. feedback. When am I grading it Tish? I am not. not. What's my lesson plan for tomorrow? Same thing, except Same. tomorrow third person. I'll tell you what that is after you wreck the first round. I'll show you how that works. And then the add-on is nacho paragraphs. Now, wh- you should know this, you're a food person, right? So what do you call yes. cheese? What do you call cheese that's not yours?
0: Nacho your cheese. Yes. So what do you call
1: <laughs> what do you call a paragraph that's not yours, Tish?
0: Not your paragraph. (laughs) Not your
1: paragraph. After the kids do two or three rounds of this, I take one of the paragraphs, and this is key. It needs something. It's not necessarily, but it might need a comma, or it might need to be in first person, or it might need to be in future tense. I copy that one in Socrative. I go short answer, and I copy, and then I paste it into the question. That's awesome. So every kid now copies that one paragraph that needs something. I identify what it needs ahead of time. It needs three commas. It needs to be in first person. It needs two proper nouns, whatever I identify. And then every kid copies that and fixes it in real time. No editing marks, peer review, bam, takes two
0: minutes. (laughs) That is incredible.
1: So to wrap up your question protocols are things that you can do 8, 10, 12, 15 times that encompass many, many standards that kids will beg you to do. That's the nutshell version of protocols. And I would say you're a non, I would say non-core teacher. You teach electives. And I I taught film for about 10 years. Here's what kids say when they walk into your elective class. I thought this was a fun class. (laughs) Well, I thought this was a fun class. Well, if you think fun means you're just going to sit around all semester, you're smoking crack, dude. This is not a class people who teach english and math they can say things like this gets you into college this is end of the year test elective mm-hmm. teachers have to attract kids into the content
0: true yeah and so
1: i've brought some of that to my core
0: how I can love i make
1: your work attractive i love I it if you say our job this week is to cook an awesome lunch for the teachers the kids are like oh my gosh that sounds so cool right mm-hmm. let's have a salsa party yes totally down <laughs> and so Uh, uh, electives teachers have certain weapons of instruction and lesson design that the core teachers don't. So protocols is like a mashup of how can I come up with things that kids love doing and then repeat it 10, 12, 15 times till they're super fast.
0: I love it, John. I mean, truly, both of these books are incredible. And I have shared so many of the frameworks with the teachers in my district, and it, it's so true. I mean, it's not only super effective, but you're allowing students to be creative, and you you're immersing the kids in learning, you know, and you're empowering them, which it just all comes together, and so it's really Again. phenomenal.
1: As a food person, it's the difference between, for the teachers, it's the difference between being a chef at Applebee's that says, I'm cooking the recipes exactly the way the book says, so everybody should be happy. But that recipe was never good to begin with.
0: <laughs> right.
1: That, it's the difference between that chef at Applebee's and being a person that owns your own food truck, and you're sourcing local vegetables, and you're talking with your friends about What's an upcoming trend and you're hiring the staff and running the social media like the movie chef is one of my favorite movies because that's what every classroom could be like it's passion driven and I'm owning my own thing and I that's what we tried to capture in the book is how you can live that way.
0: I, I love it. And I think the very first one that I ever um, had heard of was Iron Chef. And I was immediately right. drawn <laughs> in by that one because that's like my world. I mean, gamifying culinary arts is what I do. And so as soon as I heard that, I'm like, okay, I got to check this. I got to check so this. I
1: want to hear how's how do you like Iron Chef in practice? Like how how does it work out?
0: I, it's amazing. It's amazing. And that is one that um, I have loved to share with my teachers. I love the secret ingredient, you know, and having that, you know, peak, you know, having that, that element in, in that activity. And, um, and I think that that is, again, it's, it's adding those little touches to what we do to really intrigue kids and draw them in and get them excited about, about the content. So, do you want to
1: hear the origin story of the secret ingredient?
0: I, yeah, I do. Okay, so-
1: So if you do projects, you know that the kid that finishes early likes to go on a victory lap, right? I'm done, Cripple. I'm going to go talk to people. And then he's wiping everybody out, right? So um, the secret ingredient we stole from the show, because the idea is it's something for that kid to go a little OCD on. I love it. Right. So and and then for your listeners, the idea of the secret ingredient is you have to add one element to your slide that is uniquely yours and completely wide open. So if we were doing this on like In-N-Out Burger or Kentucky Fried Chicken, it might be your favorite item or the item you would never order would be the secret ingredient, right? Mm -hmm. So then if we were doing it on the American Revolution, you might say a famous quote from a person not a founding father because there were ladies there too, right? So it could be a famous, a quote, a woman primary source quote from that or you could do if you were doing microscopy which i struggle to say that every time um you could have like a scanning electron microscopic picture of something gross so like barf poo rat feces right. <laughs> but at the microscopic level and so what yeah. it does is it's, it's almost like remember in the old days when your grandma would order uh, what do they call conversation starters to put on her coffee table right it's right almost like a thing that the kid can say, here's the facts of what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there is my secret ingredient. And the idea is that when the secret ingredient starts stacking up, the class is like, oh, that was so good. I should have thought of that one. So it's really, it's, it's really a lot of creativity and, and gives kids a lot of options.
0: Yeah, no, it's amazing, and I I so just appreciate what you bring to the educational world. Um, I am so glad I we had kind of a funny. I remember. Oh, when I we love first our night. origin
1: story. Yeah, no, I love this story all the time. <laughs> tell them. Tell
0: them how oh my goodness! So, so one of my my best friends, Tara Martin, was going to be speaking at Fall Q, and. We I, I didn't I guess I hadn't really connected that she was going to right. be there.
1: And that it was close. It was a double whammy. It was like right. wait, Tara's gonna be right there. <laughs> I can get right there.
0: I could get right there, but I hadn't registered for this conference. I hadn't been to a Q conference before. Yeah, you were um, totally I live yeah, I had I live in Southern Oregon. So it was about a five six six hour drive, give or take. Right. Um, from from Medford, Oregon, down to uh, where the Fall Q conference was, and so I remember talking to Tara and thinking, "Oh my gosh, I how can you be this close and me not get a chance to see you?" And I don't think I had had a chance to see her speak at least I that she's... session. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I agree.
1: I don't think if, what I remember is you, 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 I don't think you had seen her speak maybe like at ISTE one time or something, but, yeah. but it may have been before book snaps went big.
0: Yeah. So you know, like I had,
1: a crossover element there.
0: There was, cause I had, I think met her once before at that point, the very first time we met was at ISTE in, uh, San Antonio, I believe and so I think she did a TED, like a, one of those Ignite speeches there. Mm-hmm. That might be the only thing that I've ever had ever seen her speak. So anyway, when she was coming to Fall Q, I had never seen her present, and and I, of course, was just su- super uh, excited for the opportunity maybe to connect because you know we never get to see each other since so she lives in Kansas, I live in Oregon, and so we were talking and. And I said, "Gosh, I wonder if I could go just even just to see your just to see your session. I'd love to go." And so she says, "Well, why don't you ask? Why don't you ask John? You know, and he's your a pathetic
1: Tuesday night email.
0: <laughs> it was a DM, I think, wasn't yeah. it? think it was a message my, or something. My or real email. good friend is going to be there. Can I go see?
1: And I'm like, oh my god, get down here, and quit <laughs> whining. <laughs>
0: it was so pathetic. It was so pathetic. So that was how we." That's how, uh, that's how I met you and you're, and you still, you still talk to me. So.
1: Oh, it's just gotten better and better because you weren't an author then, right? Like,
0: no,
1: I, I would like to say that, uh, you were cool before Q, but that core group of friends that you met there has really allowed you to share your influence in a much broader capacity. You know, yeah. and so, and so, but that's kind of the magic of Q is that we, we, we're all kind of fifes in, in, in the, in the thing. We're all just out here grinding and trying to help teachers get better. And we don't have a hierarchy. Like you were able to just DM me and I was like, yeah, you're a thing. And by noon on the first day, right. You were like, oh, these are my people. And so there's yeah. not, like a, there's not like it's, it's not like a fraternity or a sorority where you have to do some grind. If you're good, you're good. Right. And if you're cool, yeah. you're cool. And if you like people, that's good enough. Just get on in there and start liking people. And people don't judge you on, do you know, 75 apps or 30
0: apps. No.
1: They, they like a big smile and they want to share a beverage with you and tell tales of teaching. And there's definitely a group of people that are Q members that are more than happy to just hang around and just enjoy the ride. And then there's another group that's like, I'm going to tear the whole education machine apart and rebuild it like this. And And all of those are welcome, which is really, really cool.
0: It's amazing. No, I, I absolutely love everything about Q and ever since that time, I don't think I've, I think I've been to every.
1: I think you're, yeah, I think you're hitting thousands. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's amazing. So I so appreciate what you, what you bring to Q as well. And just the creativity that you bring the, you always have something new, something exciting. And this year totally took it to a new level. So, uh,
1: yeah, and I think it's, that I, I, my, my gut feeling right now is that we're going to have a hybrid element to queue events for a long time because of our new skill set. Because to yeah. use your outreach as a point, uh, it's great that 1,000 people come to Fall Q or 5,000 people come to Spring Queue, but what if 5,000 people could come to Fall Q because it was virtual? So we're actively thinking, like, what would that look like? How would we do that? How Could we have an event that's face-to-face? that's also yeah. rewarding to watch at your at your own leisure and we've had a ton of people that are super happy they're they're going to try to attend every session at Spring Q this year which in a non face-to-face environment would be impossible right i mean in a face-to-face environment it would be yeah, totally right. impossible and now they can they're going through and they're li- diligently watching each of the sessions going okay three more good ideas grab those slides and it's been really amazing
0: it's incredible. And and so going back to that, that one aha moment where Bill had said, you know, coronavirus is a tragedy, but we can prevent a tragedy from happening and, and preventing learning. And look at what you did. Like, not only did you pre- prevent a tragedy of happening and not having Spring CUE, but you turned it into something that is
1: magical is to, if magical. you don't have a word. <laughs> well, it's and magical- again... I- I played one-tenth of the Q staff part of that. Danny and Karina did ridiculously cool stuff on the back and on the moving the sessions and getting the tech done. Mercedes, yeah. our marketing person, sent out really clear and a lot of emails, to like getting people, here's the deal. Here's the four things you need to know. Here's the eight things you need to know. People were logging in. We had a really good video crew from the Napa area, James Raymond um, Pam as the executive director, just keeping up with everybody on everything. Um, Alexa answering all those phone calls. Cause Alexa said the first three days, she said, they're coming in really hot right now. And then, <laughs> um, as we got everybody kind of settled in, then she, by the end of the first week, she's like, they're coming in warm, which was a nice shift. <laughs> Mary Lee and all the work she did. And then the virtual exhibit hall, which is, we had, um, in the first week over 6000 aludo games played in the virtual exhibit hall and um so that's Jason Selloscar at work so like everybody had a piece of that and it was really cool it was it's it's been really neat
0: a super incredible well i i couldn't be more happy for you and for q and just for all of us that we've all had a chance to experience this This new way of Q. And if you have not been to Q, um, you definitely need to to check it out. It's an incredible. um,
1: Ask them how much membership is. How much does it cost to be a member of this August organization, Tish? I don't know. It's free. It's free. Cue dot org slash join and you're in. Yeah, it's free.
0: That's awesome. That is amazing. You can't beat that price for sure.
1: If you don't want that, then. You can have your worksheets. That's that's,
0: that's amazing. Well, John, I know that after listening to this podcast, uh, so many people are going to be trying to figure out how they can connect with you and how they can buy your book. So how can we connect with John Crippo? Uh
1: Twitter at J C O R I P P O. That's pretty easy. Um, at eduprotocols.com. That's pretty easy. Um, and then, uh, what else? Oh, our, our, book is sold at this really cryptic website. You it's not, everybody's heard of it yet. It's kind of new. It's called amazon.com. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but we're also at Barnes and Noble we're on Walmart. I don't know. Are you any of your books on Walmart? You can order your books on walmart.com.
0: I've checked tar- they're on target yeah, target.
1: Yeah. Walmart. They're probably at
0: Walmart too. They probably are. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, no, I'm super accessible and, um, we don't ever sell the protocols. Um, If people want to buy the book, that's fine. But they can learn all they need to on Twitter. Can I get an amen on that, Tish? Amen. If if they'll jump in on Twitter and ask some questions, there's dozens of teachers that will say, here's mine. You can have them. We don't sell the protocols. Um, They're for free. If you see them on Teachers Pay Teachers, let me know because we shut those down all the time.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I so, so appreciate it. You're amazing and magical.
1: Oh. i wish my kids and my wife thought i was that magical but professionally it feels good (laughs) i get to take my cape off when i go home and they remind me to take out the trash and all the things i did wrong so it keeps me very balanced but um yeah i've been doing this for a long time and my passion really is how can we make life better for all those millions of kids sit in those classrooms and then at the same time how can we make life a little easier for teachers? Maybe you don't need to correct 900 papers this weekend. Maybe you should go to the spa and wine tasting with your friends instead of grading essays. And uh, Protocols has been fun because it's a very realistic and productive way to be able to live the lifestyle that teachers deserve.
0: I love it. Thank you, John. And have a magical day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Follow me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, and join my gamifying family and consumer science group on Facebook. You can also find lots of resources and my blog at TishaRichmond.com.